Ah, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Brady and Gold Knuckleheads podcast. And if you see who's sitting over there next to me, already you know the results of the game. That's my main man, Reggie. What's going on, Reggie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. I did yeah. not see that one coming. But <laughs> to your point, the fact that your boy is sitting here, man, that means we won because I was ready to walk away. I thought that was my last podcast. It was gonna be a it's gonna be a bittersweet breakup, man, you know, with the podcast yeah. business. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But a victory by the by the good guys in white. And uh here I am. So I'm I'm back, folks. Don't worry, I'm not going nowhere. Yeah, we're we're, we're glad to have you, Reg. We're we're glad to have you, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just me, it, it's the it's the people in the audience in studio here with me. Uh, as you as you heard right there, uh, I appreciate I appreciate y'all too. How about that, and, and and we'll get talking to the you know about the game here in a minute. But for those that weren't uh, already aware, uh, Reggie and I are in the Dallas area, and we made made the trip to opening day. Um, the the new ownership, the new excitement, the new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, uh, everything that's been done during this off season, all the positive moves uh, Reggie and I were, were excited for. And so we, we got our tickets, we booked our airfare and we booked it a couple of times, actually uh, we can get into that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we made the journey to make sure that we were there for opening day and pretty good experience. I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me frame it. Pretty good game experience at fedex uh tailgating at the game everything else was was, was pretty darn good wasn't it yes Rich? yes 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 so so yeah so the game what what we went for uh was great um we'll get into just briefly here a little bit about our travels that affected quite a quite a few people but yeah the tailgating experience in the game obviously was great man um there was a huge tailgate put together by a few folks out there and uh i think at one point they had about 900 tickets that they had given away to be a part of the tailgate and uh so we rolled in and was was a part of it got to see quite a bit of folks that we interact with on social media you know you're putting faces with names and in some cases some cases um meeting people for the first time you're talking to them face to face for the first time i don't want to name a whole lot of names just simply because i don't want to accidentally leave somebody out um so i'll just say you know we met quite a few people man and it was just a great um experience what was funny though is most people had uh you know their some form of their personal name as part of their twitter handle Whereas we do not. And so if I introduce myself as Reggie and Ken would say Ken, it's like, oh, okay. But I say, you know, the Knuckleheads podcast, the Burger and Gold Knucklehead. Oh, okay. Yeah, we know you guys. So it was funny that they didn't yeah. know Reggie and Ken, but they knew the Knuckleheads. And that was that was kind of cool. There, there was, um, there was uh, a few experience. people. Yeah, there was a few people who actually recognized us just for just just for our pretty faces, right? And uh, which was a surprise, you know, now, now, I don't recall granted, that, but this is this is a small, a small group um, that we interact with on a regular basis. So they see us on the podcast and they see us uh, on, on Twitter and everything. But, you know, sometimes you just and Reggie to Reggie's credit, he's really good at recognizing he, he might not remember your name, but he'll definitely remember your face. And so through social media, Reggie would go, oh, man. God, what's his name? What's his name? Like he, he, you know, he, he interacts with them on Twitter about whatever the starting quarterback about coaching moves, whatever it is. So Reggie was picking out people left and right. Once Reggie would tell me, Oh, that's such and such name. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who it is. Okay. You know, I, I knew right. the names more though than the faces and you had the, the faces. A lot of yeah. times you tied it with a name, but yeah. 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 I was going to say, it was, it was really names. good to connect with a lot of people that we interact with. Um, we, yeah, some people yeah. we've had on the show uh, that we got to see, as well as uh, just people we, like I said, we interact with that uh, uh, 
banter back and forth and root with uh, for the, for the old burgundy and gold. Yeah. So that was cool. I will definitely say um, if, as, in terms of people that have been on the show, uh, we got to meet uh, deers and beers. My, I got Eric. So that was yep. real awesome. Yep. Um, and then we uh, got to see Chris uh, hog farmer, Chris and uh, his crew. That whole crew. Uh, yeah. they, those guys were out there, so we got to see them briefly, man. But I tell you, the hours and the time went by fast. But the hospitality by all those folks, the local man, guys all that did, were that were out there putting job. tailgate together, uh, they did a great job. The weather didn't stop anybody. You know, anything you wanted to have out there was there for you. And uh, and of course, they appreciated the folks like us that traveled in for the game to right. come in and kind of help help sell the. The, uh, make the game a sellout. Uh, it rained a little bit um, during the tailgate and a little bit during the game. But for the most part, man, the weather outside of it not raining at all, it probably couldn't have been much better in terms of what the prediction of the weather was supposed to be. <laughs> so yeah. so I think we got off lightly um, in terms of what initially was a 70% chance of rain all day long. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that didn't happen. In fact, yeah, it was I, hot. You, know, you, you had, uh, yeah, there, there's points where the sun actually broke out and, and got a little warm. Uh, you know, the, the attendance was over 65,000. And yep. to your point, there were 65,000 people every hour on the hour checking the weather forecast. You know, the, the percentage of precipitation went up, it went down. You know, it, it's early, it's late, maybe at the end of the game, maybe early, you know. And overall, uh, while it did rain a little bit here and there, it was very, very manageable and had a great time um yeah we you know again all the things we mentioned on why we wanted to be there you could see the exact same reasons with everybody else whether it's in the tailgate uh even as we're leaving the tailgate and we're going into the stadium you just feel the excitement right you just feel everybody just you know they're, they're wanting to cheer and, and shout and the game hasn't even started uh the the uh Commanders organization. They had uh, DJ going. They had uh, the the band playing here and there. They had uh, uh, former players taking pictures and, and autographs early before the game. And the legends, the legends plaza is what they call uh, it. Yep, on the legends plaza, and, and that's where all of the former players and and people come and hang out. And it was a big area for fans to do a little meet and greet and those types of things. Um, but it was great, man. It was it was a lovely, lovely time. And uh, so much was happening so fast to the point that um, we didn't even get to see everybody. Right. right. We didn't even get to see see everybody. But but it was good, though, man. It was good. I, I have no complaints about it. Um, a little bit on our travel that, that we alluded to first. Uh, we flew in and uh, the day we flew in on Saturday just as we land our, our plane lands we pull up we don't even get to the to the gate um in fact we're just short of the gate the they announced that there was a ground stoppage due to the storm and there was lightning in the area so for safety they pulled all they closed all the ramps any flight no flight was going in and out of our airport and all flights that were inbound were circling the, you know up in the sky and some of them got low on fuel and were forced to go to land in other places. They were going as far as Pittsburgh and some other places. When it was all said and done, <laughs> once we landed in D.C., your boys sat on the tarmac for two hours Saturday. Yeah. So that hey. was the start of our that was the start of our weekend. We sat on the tarmac for two hours. Other people were sitting on social media trying to figure out why their planes are being delayed from from their departing cities. And why they were being diverted and things trying to figure out what's going on, you know, saying the weather can't be that bad. And what the driving force was the lightning. Um, but it got even worse for us guys. So this is then Sunday, <laughs> Sunday rolls around and we're out at this fabulous tailgate having a great time yep. while we're at the tailgate on Sunday. And I would say probably about 10, 11 AM. We're a couple of hours before kickoff. We get notifications that, our flight has been canceled because Ken and I was going to fly out Sunday night. We had about a nine o'clock, 9 PM flight. It was canceled. Not only was ours canceled, but a ton of people, all those people that struggled to get in on Saturday, 
that were being diverted, all their flights were being canceled as well. And, so, and, and, and we flew into Reagan National, and it was not just Reagan National. There was flights out of BWI that was also being canceled. So this is yes. area-wide. Um, yeah, yeah. So we, we flights got canceled. It was a mad scramble. Mad scramble. And here, here we are. We got a game to go, go cheer. And we got to deal with uh, trying to rebook flights. We managed to get a flight rebooked. For those that are wondering, we did. We ended up having to spend an extra night in D.C. Sunday. And we had a 6 a.m. departure time. Not arrival. We departed at 6 a.m., folks, to head yeah. back uh, to Dallas. And so we made it. As you can tell, this is Victory Monday. Your boys will probably look a little, little draggy right now. I know I'm tired. Um, yeah. and uh, But here we are. Here we are, man. We hit winning, winning the game made it all much, much sweeter. It made it bearable. At least we went out there and, and was able to come back with the W. So yeah. here we are, ready we to are. give you some, our thoughts on this game, man. Yeah. But before, one more thing before we get into the game, uh, one of the things that they that they did on that the new ownership has already been they've been doing a good job of it, and they definitely carried it on and raised it raised the bar at opening day was recognizing former uh, Washington legends. Um, right. We saw uh, Champ Bailey. We saw um, John Riggins. RG3 was there. Uh, there's well, multiple other ones, but they, they showed like during the game, like when, when it, they would go to commercial, they would bring them and they would... Uh, the cameras would turn to them locally in the stadium and they would get, you know, 30 seconds, a minute of recognition. And the one that stood out to me that I liked, I don't know if I've, I've seen a couple pictures on social media. I don't know if they covered it on TV or if you, if anybody, everybody's seen it on social media, but they went over to John Riggins, right? One of the most beloved uh, fans. And, and he's wearing that, wearing a, a button up shirt and a, and a blazer, a jacket and, yep. and some blue jeans, right? Dr just nice. Um, and everybody's cheering, everybody's cheering for him for, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds. And right about when you think the cheering might die down just a pinch, he opens up his blazer to show the inside of it wide open. And it's lined with, with his burgundy. burgundy silk with Washington Redskins logo real big on, on, on the inside. And so whatever yeah. cheering you heard from him that everybody appreciated it, it ramped up another notch, and it's just so John Riggins, right? It made it made me laugh. It made me cheer. Uh, it made me show that these these players never left, even though maybe you didn't see them. They never left. Uh, they're being embraced, and and they're they're enjoying their time back uh, associated with the Burgundy and Gold. Yeah, many many <clears throat> a few interviews I've I've read and listened to. And basically players talked about that uh, they didn't feel welcome and or they just chose to stay away simply because they didn't want the the negativity surrounding the organization to be associated with their brand. And so a lot of players stayed away. But once things started to turn around, uh, 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 former player Hightower, drawing a blank on his first name. God, see, I'm terrible with names, Ken. You see, I'm terrible with names. <laughs> But uh, Hightower reached out to a lot of former players, and that he's been the, uh, uh, the the main reason that has gotten a lot of former players to come back and be a part of the organization. In fact, there was a lot of welcome home banners around, yep. welcome back fans, thank you fans. Uh, the new ownership gets it. They know that the fans is what's going to drive this, but also just welcoming everyone back. And these banners were welcome home Welcome fans. Thank you, fans. All of that stuff was was that theme was pervasive throughout the evening, throughout the stadium, throughout people talking. Welcome. I mean, everything about it was was welcoming and thanking the fans for coming back. Right. Um, it, it was awesome, man. Um, I. I did a uh, somebody posted it and uh, it's on Twitter. There was a. Uh, Doing the national anthem, there was a guy that was playing the sax for the national anthem, and they did the flyover. And let me tell you, when you get to the part right when that guy 
playing the sax. It gave me goosebumps. He held that note so long for the entire duration of the flyover. Before they came, as they came, and when they went. And it was it was amazing. Terry McLaurin was talking so about smooth. it. Said what so it did to him. On that, on it the was, I mean, the, 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 the fans went nuts when this guy did this. So if you ever... If you want to listen to it, go out and Google the saxophone and the national anthem. I, I assume it's on YouTube somewhere. Some yeah. people were recording it. Uh, but that was amazing, amazing as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, one other thing here real quick. Um, to show you the difference in the ownership, um, we mentioned all the players and everything. One of the minority owners, uh, they, I guess they had, had invited uh, a couple of the former Redskins players they couldn't make it for for one reason or another one of them was sonny jurgensen um he's he has trouble getting along and flying commercial is a challenge for him well billy kilmer and sonny jurgensen both quarterbacks of the late 70 uh, late 60s and 70s are down in uh florida he sent his private jet down there to pick them up to make sure that they could do whatever they could to make it as easy as possible for these guys to come. And to show you a class, we were playing against the Cardinals on opening day. The quarterback that the that Sonny Jurgensen and um, Kimmel. Billy Kimmer went against the majority of the 70s and fought battles. Uh, some of you younger guys might not know it, but um, Jim Hart is also down there in Florida he got Jim Hart on the flight and brought Jim Hart uh, up there. So he, he he was embracing not just the players, but an era of the old days, the old competition and everything. So again, I, I cannot say enough about what this ownership group is doing the first six months. They're gonna they're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna hiccups, and 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 fans are gonna not like it at certain points. But man, they are just killing it right now with every move they do from a, from a PR perspective. You know, they're just killing it. Uh, Dan yeah, Snyder yeah, doing- and the other owners uh, that that have issues should be looking at what Washington is doing right now. Yeah, and one one last thing on the ownership for for those that are listening in. Um, speaking of the difference in it, uh, Dan Snyder would be in his in his uh, owner suite. And, you know, you have his family and you may see a couple people, but with the new ownership, um, of course, you know, uh, Rails was there. Josh Harris was um, was there. And so was Magic, Magic Johnson. But what was also uh, in the suite was Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid obviously plays for the star player for the 76ers, who Josh Harris is owner of. Yep. But then there was also Kevin Durant in the owner suite. And Kevin Durant, you could say, is from a uh, basketball connection, but everyone also knows Kevin Durant is from the uh, from the area, and he's also a Washington Redskins slash Commanders fan. So he was also in his suite. So there, and I understand there were some other celebrities that were up there, but those are the ones that we saw that was able to visibly see um, in the suite. So again, people are coming back, man. The new ownership change is, is allowing lots and lots of people to come back and be a part of this. Uh, this new era so yeah um and 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 with all that excitement you know you you still had a game you you had the game to go to right (laughs) we still Uh, had a game you know washington came out ahead uh 20 to 16 but there were there was highs and lows i mean the the high is is overall is coming back and winning right they the, the fourth quarter uh the defense stepped up we'll talk about that and and the offense kind of got it together and put the points on the board to get ahead to make sure that uh they, they walked out with a victory but you know th- there's a lot of news uh, and news meaning a lot of new things that are going on with washington we've talked about it you know the new quarterback um Offensive, offensive line coordinator, coordinator offensive line it, and and while there's a lot of question marks we saw i'll say kind of some good and bad we we, we can go into individually uh some people re- 
and another thing I will say, you know, we, you, you see on social media, you see all kinds of stuff. When I'm when I was in the stands and I hear fans making comments, everybody has a passion, right? If if you make a a knucklehead comment, you're making it because you care about the team, right? You 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 want them to win. You can say whatever you want, but man, there are some ridiculous people out there in the stands. We see them on on social media. Um, but we, we we can circle back around to that uh, as we no, talk about. Let's not let's not talk about these idiots, man. Um, some dumb people. But but it, but it again. And, and let me um, let me clarify that. I know I shouldn't call the guy an idiot, but there was one guy in particular. I kid you not. If you watched the game, you saw that we didn't look good in, in the first half, and there was a guy who was basically wanting to get rid of Eb and get rid of Sam Howe, bench Sam Howe. It's like. The guys are making a second start for crying out loud. I mean, right? It just, it, yeah. People just emotionally reactive to something they're seeing in the moment. Just being a right. very much of a prisoner in the moment. It's like I understand they weren't playing well, and at some point I told Ken, "Is is it, was that our last podcast?" Because <laughs> I said I wasn't coming back. You know, because they weren't playing well. I knew it wasn't. Re- regardless, <laughs> I knew it wasn't. I, yeah. <laughs> But again, people just being ridiculous, man. Yep, yep. Uh, go, go over some quick stats, quick numbers. Um, man, I almost said Taylor Heineke. Uh, Sam Howell was 19 for 31 for 202 yards. Um, one passing TD, one running TD. Um through an interception and then also had a fumble that was returned. So there were so many highs and lows with, with Sam Howell. Uh, the, the first half, I thought overall he did really well, even though we weren't moving the ball. Um, I, I know at one point, I think he was, I think I mentioned to Reggie after roughly 10 passes on, on record, he had, after 10 or 12 passes on record, he had had, he was, I'll just say out of 12, he was eight and 12, nine and 12, uh, completion percentage, but every single one of the ones that he didn't complete were dropped. So he, he hadn't from, from a, if, if I'm evaluating the quarterback himself, he didn't, he himself didn't have an incomplete pass. He was putting it on the money. It was hitting their hands and, and there was a few drops. Um, I mean, clearly again, he made some poor decisions on on a couple things, but for one game of Sam Howell, young Sam Howell, I want to see more, and and I'm excited about what he brings to Washington after seeing him through the preseason, seeing him against Dallas last year, and one game within a live game here. Um, the the moment was never too big for him. His composure was there from from the first snap until. To the last of the game so uh what's your idea or or view of of what you saw from sam how well listen man i i i've i've not been hard on sam how um obviously i was very critical of taylor heineke but sam how had not shown me anything to let me be, make me be critical of him i had a i had a had very much a wait and see um approach with him and I don't want to keep saying the same word but I don't know any other word to use other than poise I can't get over the poise that he has when something goes bad something goes wrong he doesn't seem rattled everything he's doing seems to be under control he's trying to he's making the right throws the right reads and he's using his mobility to to extend plays, or as Ron likes to say, some off-script plays. Case in point, the touchdown pass that he made, He's as a right-handed quarterback, he's running left, but he's able to turn back and square his shoulders and threw a sidearm pass in between the defenders to Brian Robinson for a scoring touchdown. That's off-script. It didn't seem rushed. It just seems like, hey, I'm going to run out here and extend this, and if I don't have it, I'm either going to run for some yardage or I'm going to throw it away. But, oh, look, there's my guy, and he makes 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 a great pass. Um, so I, I've not seen anything uh, that makes me critical of Sam. I just want to, like you said, see more of it. 
the one thing I will say, though, is his ability to extend plays and hold the ball in college, he probably had an extra second or two. At the NFL level, you don't have that extra second or two because the, the whether it's a defensive lineman, defensive tackle chasing you or defensive end, Sam, those guys are pretty damn fast. They may not be quite as fast in the ACC, but at the NFL level, those guys are probably pretty they're, – they're probably running almost as fast as you are. Right. And so, whereas you need to throw this away in, in three seconds, you might want to throw it in two. And so, that ultimately is what led to that sack fumble. He was trying to extend the play, and the guy yeah. came from the, from the back, and it was, and it was a strip, strip fumble, strip sack from the back. He never saw the guy. But if he but if he gets rid of the ball, this doesn't happen. Yeah, that, and he's got he's got to learn that that clock in his head has got to go a little bit faster than what he's he's accustomed to. He'll learn it. This is only game two, and he'll, right. he'll learn that. But man, I need you to learn it sooner than later. Yeah, the the only yeah, if I'm not breaking down play by play of of everything that he did overall, I w- that's one of the things I have written down is you know his, his skill set to be able to step up into the pocket, to roll, to, to buy himself some more time. Like you said, it, it, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a, it's a curse if you don't recognize and you don't have time to get rid of the ball. There's, there, right. there's, 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 you know, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been sacked at all during the game, but probably, you know, if I go and I evaluate every single one, there's probably at least two of them that he shouldn't have been sacked on. He should have just thrown the ball away or, got it to the check down because maybe he's just waiting for a receiver that's going deep waiting for him to clear and he just doesn't have that much time um but overall i was happy uh we talked during the game there's several plays where we watched him pressure started coming and he didn't actually take off and run he stepped up into the pocket he stepped you know kind of might maybe kind of move his shoulder take a step or two uh reset and and fire and 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 hit the receiver um Again, yeah, I, yeah, I, he, he'll he'll climb the pocket with, with yes. the best of them, and yeah. uh, and that and that was good. That was good to see. Yeah, uh, ba- him making the adjustment. Yeah, based on what I saw there, I was, I'm excited to see what Sam Howell is after week seven or eight. Right, gets more Agreed. comfortable, gets the rhythm down, gets the timing down, gets the live speed down, and and learns from his mistakes right uh one thing we have heard is is how hard that he works and that he, he leaves the mistakes behind and and learns from them right Seth that, correct. That, it's ron's favorite phrase for the guy he self corrects yeah 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 he, he, um from, from a running perspective we we talked about this before uh, before the game even started, when we started talking about Eric Bieniemy, this is kind of a, an Eric Bieniemy slash running backs conversation at this point. Uh, can tie both of them in. Um, Washington ran the ball a total of twenty eight times. A couple of those uh, are from Sam Howell, but B Rob had nineteen carries for fifty nine yards. We had a handful of other, a uh, couple other running backs that had a three or four carries each. Um, Antonio Gibson, you're, you're, you're back to your ways of 2021 of, of let, letting that ball slip out after, after game one. Um, I, I, I hope this is, this is just a, a one game thing. Uh, you no, know, we only have one game. So, so a lot of this stuff isn't, isn't a trend yet. So I'm not going to say I'm concerned about any of these things. Um, but they are things that definitely need to be corrected because the schedule gets tougher, not, not easier. Um, and I heard a lot of people in the stands cause it was raining there also. And they talked about, you know, run the ball more, run the ball more. And overall we didn't, uh, we, we were at about 60, 40 percentage wise of pass to run. And we talked about that. That is what it's going to be. We're, we're not going to be the, 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 the team that ran against Philadelphia last year and just ran, 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 ran. That's not Eric Bieniemy ball. Eric Bieniemy will run the ball. He has no problem running the ball, but he's going to use the entire field and he's going to attack. Um, this is this isn't 
you know, 1978, uh, just grind, grind, pound, pound football. Um, it's, it's a different league. It's different rules that you can open up and be successful passing in this league. And that's why that's why quarterbacks are getting so much more money than the running backs are these days. If, if the league, if I, if you don't listen to me, just look at the, what the league is doing and, and who they're paying. That'll tell you something. Okay. I, well, I, I agree and disagree with some of that. Um, but let me give you a quick take. Um, Gibson and his fumble. Um, you you've heard me say Fumbles. it many times, Pearl. many times on on this podcast, man. I don't know what it is about when this kid fumbles. He seems to always fumble at the worst time. Either we're in the red zone where we're in, in our own end zone and he fumbles and gives the opponent a short field or he kills drives as we're in the red zone driving down the other end about to score. He fumbles the ball and it gives the opponent the ball and it, and it kills our own momentum and our own drive. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday. He fumbled at the 19. We were driving the ball getting ready to score, potentially score, certainly right. a field goal range, Yeah, and Gibson fumbles. And it's like, I just don't understand why this kid can't hold on to the ball. But what was interesting, though, is after that fumble, and this was in the second quarter, he never carried the ball anymore the rest of the game. He played. He got more snaps after the fumble. Right. But he never ran the ball after that. Um. I understand to the point where I disagree with you here in the terms of um, Eric Benemy being able to call the game and throw the ball around and do all these kinds of things. I'm not ready to be critical of EB just yet, um, but I will say I believe what he will do is he will probably, now that we have some actual tape of this team, he may be able to make some adjustments. But I didn't like the fact that in the first half, Brian Robinson had four carries. He got some touches out of the backfield as a receiving receiver, but he didn't have very many carries in the first half. He, he, even as the rain was starting to fall, he continued to throw the ball. And you have your essentially a rookie quarterback starting his first home opener and we just basically sitting back there to throw the ball a bunch of times. I did. I wasn't a fan of it. I wanted to see a little bit more balanced attack, or at least run a few more times, and at least get the momentum and settle everybody down. That didn't happen. What we saw was pass, 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 and for an offensive line, one of the harder things to do is pass protection. And we saw it because it led to six sacks. And I understand you mentioned that maybe two of them was on Sam. I get it. But that still leaves four sacks. Arizona had four quarterback sacks against our guy. And again, by all accounts, Arizona's Cardinals, we're not supposed to struggle with them. If we're supposed to be a pretty good team, you don't struggle with the Arizona Cardinals. And I, and I want to recognize, and, be, and before anyone says anything, I recognize it's game one, and that's, not why I'm, and that's why I'm not getting all riled up about it. I want to see what they do and make the adjustment. Because I said before, the blessing is the fact that we have two games in the first two weeks that are winnable, Arizona and Denver. I stand by that. But after that, <laughs> you get Buffalo, and then you get Philadelphia. So... Well I want to see the adjustment, and I know, I'll know what, what, what kind of coaching staff, what kind of adjustments EB's willing to do uh, as, after, the next, after the next three games. We'll be four yeah. games in. I have a great idea what EB's planning to do. But, um, I, but I got faith that he'll make some adjustments. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, everybody's going to end up making adjustments. Um, again, this is we're, – we're critical where Washington didn't play – uh as good as what is expected and and they're going to be critical of themselves right we're not we're not uh going off the deep end on anything here um in defense of eric Bieniemy and his play calling and i'll say especially in the first half um not too many teams can 
I mean, I mean, look, look, look at the Cowboys game versus the Giants last night. Wa- Washington had three turnovers in the first half, three dropped balls that were killers of, of drives, and they weren't little out passes. Each one of those, I believe, each one, I know two out of three, I believe all three of them would have been first downs. Um, and they were still only down by three points. Um, those kinds of situations, you could easily be down by double-digit points in those in those scenarios. Um, and so if, if those turnovers aren't there and they catch the ball, Eric, Eric Bieniemy doesn't catch or drop balls. Eric Bieniemy doesn't fumble the ball or throw interceptions, right? If those things aren't done, which are self-corrections by the players themselves, we're winning in the first half. We're not losing. We're we're winning at halftime, probably by double digit, probably around ten points. Um, That's fair. That's fair because and, if and, Gibson and so, doesn't fumble or Sam doesn't ha- get the strip uh, sack fumble, then, then you're right. The, the, the score could so be totally different. But but my point on that is is not only is it that, but it, it is, you know, if we were winning with the formula that Eric Bieniemy was putting out there in the first half. And we were up, whatever, thirteen to three, seventeen to three, because of the because we didn't have those turnovers. Nobody would be talking about, oh, we're not running enough, we're not passing enough, we're not doing this and that. It would have been fine. So I have no problem overall with the play calls. I can find a play here or there, yes, but overall I didn't have a problem. It was the execution, the simple execution of catching the ball. That's fumbling, that's fair. Ball. Um, that's fair. However, I did mention during the game, I said, "Man, they're passing an awful lot." It, regardless yep. of the results, I did mention as an observation. I said, yep. "You did." But this would be Sam's first game this season. I said, "Man, you know, new offensive line and everything." I said, "He's passing a lot," and I don't know if that was to scouting and thinking that, hey, Arizona probably thinks we're going to try to establish the run because we have a young QB, so instead, let's pass, pass, pass. And I don't know what his reason behind it, but I made the observation. I said, man, they're passing a lot. I mean, Sam was throwing the ball a lot in the first half. Yeah, and, and then, of and course, of course, it did not help with the drop balls and all the things that, that happened along the way, but he still was throwing the ball around quite a bit in terms of play calling. Sure, sure. The And, and like I said, I said it in the preseason. I want to continue to say it. We are going to throw the ball consistently at the end of the year. We will have been throwing the ball more than we're running the ball based on, you know, you start throwing in crazy injuries, then yes, maybe we got to reevaluate, uh, you know, who's the quarterback, who's the receivers, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But, but everything as it is right now, if this goes away, goes along for, for 17 games, by the end of the season, we will have thrown the ball more than we're running the ball. And that's Eric Bieniemy offense and staying up with it, with the NFL these days, right? You, you, you have to score to win in the NFL these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we're already so, on the way, man, based on yesterday's game, we're, we're going to easily blow that, that stat up the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, flip, flip over to the other side. It, it seemed like it took a while for the defense to get it in gear. Not that they were playing bad, but it, but come it roughly, roughly, roughly the fourth quarter, they, they went from being a, a, a decent defense to the dominating defense that we thought we might see the entire game. Um, like I said that, that fourth quarter, the last three drives roughly of the Cardinals, I kind of expected maybe not quite that level, but close to that level right from the beginning. Um, I'm, I'm glad they finally came, but I, ex- I expected that uh, against Arizona to begin with. And I, li- I like what I saw. I like what I saw overall. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a lot of complaints um, by me on the defense, other than to your point, they seem to have started slow in the game and then it got going. Um, I, I, I don't know what it sounded like on the television, but I can tell you being there live, it was what you would expect from a home crowd, meaning when the offense had the ball, 
you know, other than celebrating the play or the disappointment of, ah, you know, when the play doesn't, you know, the drop pass or something, it, it was fairly pretty, pretty, pretty quiet. But when the defense would come out on the field, during timeouts and commercials, people were yelling. There was chance of defense. And then certainly on a third down play where we need to hold them to kind of get off the field, the fans were loud. It was loud in the stadium with everyone yelling, screaming, just getting loud to make it hard for Arizona to hear the play. Right. And just a chant of defense, defense. It was it was great. Again, I don't know how it came across um, on the television, man, but it was I'm telling you in the stadium, it was pretty loud. Yeah. Yeah. To, to your point, uh, you know, you know, as, as the play is getting ready to snap, obviously it gets loud. But to I think, Reggie, you said it in passing, but I just kind of want to reemphasize it that during the commercials, you know, they would do a commercial break and the fans on the defense, they would still be cheering, not quite at the level, but the cheering and the, and the players, they would be like, you know, raising their arms up like, yeah, come on, come on. And it wasn't even, you know, it, it was a break in between it. And so all of a sudden, you know, they, you know, everybody get down their stance for the, for the next play uh, to defend the Cardinals. And man, it was, it was roaring in there, man. It, it was, was loud. Yeah. So, it was uh, great, man. I, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have any problem. Um, I think there were potential three interceptions in terms of what uh, some of our players had their hands on balls and just couldn't come up with the, with the catch. Yeah. Uh, and, and as they say, that's why they play defense because they have no hands. Right. Um, but at least three, three of our secondary guys uh, had their hands on balls that we thought that uh, we were going to get a, get a turnover uh, uh, on the play, but we didn't, but the defense overall played well, man. And I think they'll continue to do well, but we're going to need them to, probably carry this team a little bit more than, than we thought initially, at least, at least my, for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope what we, I hope what we saw in the fourth quarter, it's hard to maintain that level, you know, against some of the really good teams out there, but I hope we see more consistent flashes of that throughout the, the season. Um, especially as, as Sam Howell and the offense kind of gets in, gets in the gets in the rhythm and, and makes the adjustments that they need to make um and, and go from there but uh you know week one we walked away walked away with the win a uh, little uneasy feeling you know somewhere in the early the third quarter but uh but sam Howell and company and uh allen and and pain and company and sweat i don't want to throw away because sweat had a couple uh, big plays. Uh, Sweat got a game ball. The game. Sweat got a game ball because he played. He played well. Yeah, yeah. But, played uh, well. Listen, overall, they they played well and and able to walk away with the win. Yeah. So two two more two last observations I have before we wrap this up. Um, yeah. One thing of note is um, I listened to Ron's post game uh, press conference and. He, you know, it, it's interesting that the team got the W. And as they say, you should always be happy you got the W. Yep. But clearly, Ron's expectation was higher than just getting the W. So he seemed to be disappointed with the way the team played. And I got to say that in years past, even in the first three years of Ron Rivera, his message would and his tone would have been a little different. His his tone and his message would have been, hey, listen, don't discredit what these guys have done. They fought and were resilient, and it's hard to win in this league. And so a win is a win. That was kind of the message. Right. But after yesterday, it was, we got the win. I'm happy we got the win, but we got to do better. And whether that is the level and expectation has changed simply because he knows this team is better and what they're capable capable of, because certainly the fans thought that we should have won that game going away. Right. Or Ron is feeling the pressure. You can make the case that it's both. But but the point I want to make here is notice the difference in his message talking to the media about the about after the game. In the past, hey, right. a win's a win. I want to credit those guys for playing hard and being resilient through all the, the adversity they had during that game. 
But yesterday, they had that same adversity. I'm glad they did it, but we have to play better. And he went on to say he thanked the fans for coming now, but we got to give them better performance to keep them coming. And we know we can do better. Different message. And I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to know that the bar has been raised to where we're not just satisfied with getting the W. It's how we get the W. And that's going to be the difference. And, I, and I'm happy to hear and I'm happy to hear him speak that way. Well, in the, as you're watching the game, again, I'll, I'll go to the fourth quarter from a defensive perspective. Um, defense carried us in that game without a doubt, right? But there's no reason why the defense in the fourth quarter quarter couldn't have been that way the entire game. So I, I know that's sounding awfully critical of them when they – you know, closed out the game extremely strong, but you know they they could have been better quarters one, two, and three. Um, offensively, how many, how many touchdowns did the defense give up though? Right, the sack fumble was a set was seven points. Right, right, and then the, one of the one of the turnovers led to a, a, a short Your short field goal. Uh, gain field goal. So yeah, no, that, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I'm I'm talking about being that dominating, right, and uh, and when they when they put pressure on the quarterback, which didn't really happen the first three quarters too much, um, Not a lot of but pressure. When they, but when they when they did that, that's when there were some opportunities. There were some drop balls by the cornerbacks, but there were some opportunities there. And it, again, it speeds that quarterback's clock up. Right, he, he throws before he has to. He makes bad decisions because he's rushed. Um, that's what we're anticipating. That, that that Allen and and Payne and Sweat and you know in a week or two young that's what they'll they'll be doing it because of their rush they will be making it easier on everybody in the secondary. Um, well, I will say Arizona's defense in the first three quarters looked like the, the the top five defense, and we didn't. They would get they were getting sacks and pressure on Sam Howell, and we weren't getting any pressure and sacks on on Josh Dobbs. So, but that change, defense stepped up when they needed it. Credit them for that and the adjustment. Uh, one last thing, speaking of defense, uh, and we'll wrap this up here, but the game is over. We're leaving the stadium. And this goes back to, to my ability to recognize people facing me. I can meet somebody one time and see them a few years later and go, man, I, I recognize you from somewhere. So we're leaving the stadium, walking back to the – tailgate i mean the parking lot where we're tailgating and the the way everyone was walking it was tons of fans walking back to their parked cars everybody's just walking right by this fenced in area and there was a trailer there kind of like what you see softball gear we you know you got your high school a little yeah, enclosed trailer yeah it's yeah. an enclosed trailer just sitting there and on the side just leaning up against it Fedarian Mathis. Now, for you diehards, you know Fedarian Mathis is our second-round pick out of Alabama that played with Deron Payne and John Allen. And he got hurt, right? Second year right. in a row, he got hurt the first game last year, and then in, I think it was either training camp or preseason, he got hurt, and he's out. But he is literally sitting, leaning up against a trailer on the other side of the fence, and all these fans are walking by, and no one notices this guy. Yeah. So I told Ken, I go, look, <laughs> I see that's, that's for Darian Mathis just sitting right there. And I kind of walked stopped. past, I'd kind of walked past a little bit and I saw the guy there, but I didn't. Everybody saw it, him. It, it, didn't even, it didn't even register at all. And like I gave Reggie credit for at the beginning of the show, right? Reggie will see a face and that, 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 that computer uh, starts going through the, the, uh, you know, like like you see on on crime shows, going through all the the, the snapshots of the it. face mug shots, boom, he he recognizes them. We stop and go ahead, Reg. But but here's what's even funnier though, and and I want to paint this picture clear. It's a chain link fence. Yeah, it's not like I just peeped through there to see what was going on back there. It's a chain link fence, and he is literally just on the other side of it. And so I I stopped. I said, Ken, come back. And I said, Big Phil, what's going? He's like, What's up, man? So we stopped. And we chatted with the with the kid. I call yeah. him a kid because he's 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 not 24 years old. I mean, he's right, he's a right. young guy. 
and just hey what's going on man how you doing you know and i asked him how he's feeling and he said he feel good and the gist of it was he was put on irs he feels great he sh- he could play now but because he was put on short-term ir he has to miss the first four games right. but he said he felt good he's looking forward to getting back out there and ready to play and that type of deal and we you know we fist bumped him a little bit through the fence and just Talk, you know, just chatted with him for a little bit and for a few minutes, and and we said goodbye to him, man. But it was just funny that he literally yeah. was just on the other side of the fence, sitting there, and no, none of the fans. They had just come out of the, the stadium yelling and screaming, and their second round pick is just leaning up against this tra- trailer, getting ready to get in his vehicle because he said he was just starting his truck up, just letting yeah, him yeah. get the AC running because it had been hot, and no one noticed him, so. So just a quick funny story. Yeah, uh, super uh, personable, we, right? I mean, yeah. he, he didn't have to walk up to the fence to us, right? He he was almost almost a car length away. Uh, but as soon as Reggie started talking to him, he was like, "Hey guys, what's going on, man?" Yeah, came he came over to the fence. Just just start talking. Just, just talk like a like a like a like a generic guy, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of. He he gave us some secrets that we can't share, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah, real, real personable guy, um, laid back, and uh, yeah, very chill, very chill. Yeah, that was so, cool. That's cool. So at any rate, Ken, this is Victory Monday, man. Uh, those are our thoughts on the game, folks. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, thank you for tapping in and listening to us. Listen to you know just our own opinions about this game. Uh, we'll be back later this week with our preview episode of the denver broncos we'll give yep. you our number and all that good stuff and uh, talk about that upcoming game so as always y'all we appreciate you thank you peace out again i'd like to throw a quick thank you to to everybody that did the tailgate if you're listening to this again it, it was much appreciated uh you threw out a lot of love it was, it was some great hospitality great food great beverages that you were willing to share um yep. again Thank you very much. And uh, until next time, peace out, knuckleheads. Peace out.